Welcome to the intersection of Black culture and horticulture with your girl, Cola B. Talking. And guess what, y'all? We black in the garden. You have arrived at the intersection of Black culture and horticulture with your girl, Cola B. Talking, hostess with the mostest of Black in the Garden. Hold up. There are a couple shout outs, a few shout outs that I will be, several shout outs that I will be making throughout this introduction before we get into the interview, of course. But first and the foremostly, I need to shout out Jonathan Strickland, who is the creator of this this dope ass intro that you just heard of Black in the Garden. You've been hearing it all season long. Season two intro. You hear all the sounds that I wanted you to hear because I just had a conversation with Ill Sounds LLC. Johnny Ill is is my botanical bro who put that together for me. And I am ever so grateful for how effortlessly he got that. To, it was just like, listen, y'all, I just want to say all that to say big shout out to Jonathan Strickland of Ill Sounds LLC and you need to check him out for all of your sound and audio need like whatever they might be it's worth hollering at him at it at I know words it's worth hollering at him about it because that's what he does and he does it so well so let's get into the rest of the show before we go any further I want to take a moment to talk about black business And, you know, it's come to my attention that many of my listeners are first time podcast listeners, which is really dope. So let's just take a few seconds to make sure we understand how we can support podcasts. This one in particular gives you an opportunity to also support black business, such as my fave Cocoa and Seed, which is a wonderful black business owned by a fantastic black woman. I can vouch for her myself. She's dope. All right. And what she has for you on today are a few things. You can get some mugs that you can get customized. Yes. That means you can put your name on it. Okay. You could even put your boo name on it or your monstera boo. Just, just a hint, just, you know, just some inspiration for you. You can get a rose gold propagation station to get your, your plants going. You know, you want to multiply. You want to get more plants. Obviously you need a propagation station. It's beautiful. Wait till you see the website. How are you going to get to the website through the affiliate link? That is the most important thing. That's how you support the black business and the podcast. You see how it comes together. So this is what you'll do. The link is in the show notes, or if you want to write this down, Linktree spelled L I N K T R dot E E forward slash black in the garden. And that is how you get to the website so that you can save 10% on your purchase at Cocoa and Seed because you're definitely going to be particularly interested. If you're anything like me, you'll be particularly interested in getting yourself an a self-watering hydroponic planter kit so that you can get your microgreens or your herbs popping. Listen, it's up to you. But Make sure you use the affiliate link so that you can support 
Black in the Garden, support Cocoa and Seed, get 10% off. You just did a thing. You should feel excited. Soil Cousins, it's your girl Cola B talking, and I am so excited to uh, be at this point here. We are at the end of season two of Black in the Garden, which has been very eventful. We did the whole thing during a pandemic, y'all. Aren't, aren't you proud? We should be proud. I'm proud. I am feeling great and excited and very accomplished as far as what has happened up until this point. I'm so excited to have every single ear that is tuning in right now shout out to you y'all the real mvps okay because we can have a show all day but if nobody's listening where the audience who's the audience who 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 listening who's gonna spread the gospel of the greens and the greenness if we don't have a congregation a delegation if you will so Big shouts out to everyone listening. You still have time to share with your friends, family members. I mean, you could tell your enemies too, because they also should be gardening. So don't be stingy. Don't be stingy. All right. So I want to give, speaking of not being stingy, hey, we got a segue. I want to give a shout out to some supporters who have pledged their support uh, financially. And of course, we're very excited about that. So I want to get into that before we get into the show. All right, I want to give a shout out to our patrons and our anchor uh, contributors. There's like two ways that you can contribute in case you were not aware. The details are in the show notes. I'm not going to bore you with all those links. But I do want to give a special shout out to Rachel Shed. All right, Brooklyn Renee. Okay. Amanda Ramos. Shout out to you. As I was saying, it actually cut me off trying to hate. Don't hate. Okay. Uh, Mary Ann Hudson. <laughs> Shout out to Mary Ann Hudson. All right. Julia Dawson. Julia, what's up? Because I know, like, I've spoken to Julia. Like, Julia is the homie. All right. Tina Incarnacion. I love saying that. So, shout out to those individuals who are my patrons. So I'm just going to slide over here to take a quick look at my monthly supporters via Anchor. Like I said, you got two ways to support. Courtney Ann Craft, what's up? I appreciate you. Vita Porabil, I'm pretty sure I'm saying that right. I appreciate you, Vita. Jennifer Harris, Meg Coleman, Y'all are the MVPs, okay? And I appreciate the support from uh, those who are willing to, you know, open up that wallet and, and contribute a few coins to Black in the Garden to make sure that we are able to do all the things that make this show continue to elevate, all right? I'm talking about equipment. I'm talking about microphones. I'm talking about editing and everything that comes along with getting merch together. Y'all thought I wasn't going to give y'all no merch? You cray. All right. There will be some really cool things to come. And I am very much looking forward to sharing that with you in September. It will be September. Your girl needs to take a summer break. Uh, just relocated. And so very excited about that. And very much unpacking and transitioning and things. Of course, I had to find a place to record because I'm not completely set up. If you hear some background noise, it's because 
the location hasn't been properly vetted. That's just what it is. But I appreciate y'all so much. I cannot say that enough. Y'all stay safe. Y'all stay moisturized. Okay. Stay hydrated. All of those good things. And make sure that you stay in the garden in one way or another. You don't have to physically be out there. But just thinking about it, just planning for it, just trying to determine ways that you can use that gift to be a a gift to society. That's huge. That's major. Hit me up in my email, blackinthegarden at gmail.com to let me know what you're up to while I'm on this break. I will definitely be checking my emails and doing everything within my power to make Black in the Garden even more exciting and fun and uh, valuable to you in your life. So cannot say enough how much I appreciate you. I want to also give a shout out to Paula Champagne, who is the maker champ on Instagram for these fire graphics that y'all see when you go on my Instagram page. If you have not been on my Instagram yet, it's like, do we even soil cousin get your life. Okay. Black in the garden. It's at black in the garden on Instagram. You need to see this. You also need to go to at MakerChamp and you need to go look at Paula's page because her art is, it speaks for itself. All right. I could give you all the superlatives, still wouldn't be enough. So big shouts out to her. And I'm very excited to make some announcements that will be coming up in the next few weeks about what you can expect from Black in the Garden and ways that you can support and ways that we can engage and, you know, try to keep up. But I'm looking forward to taking a little bit of a break from the Internet. So if I'm completely honest, if I'm totally honest, I got kids, y'all. They don't give a damn about no posts, no likes. They don't care about that stuff. They just want to know where the snacks and where we finna go next. We're bored. All right. So I am and and they are literally my seeds. I don't call them that in a funny way. I mean, if you have kids, you understand that just the raising of the children. That's a garden in and of itself. It don't matter if you have ever been out into anybody's garden, like physically, literally in your life. You feel me if you got kids. So shout out to those of you raising human seeds. (laughs) Big shout out. All right. So I want to tell you right quick a little something about this guest that we have to close out season two, which was very intentional on my behalf to close out season two with our first guest from season one, who is the Seed Slayer. And in case you were wondering, yes, I did dub her the Seed Slayer because that is what she does. Her name is Stephanie. She hails from who? Um, she in South Florida. So pray for her. But she hails from, I can see it in my head. It is, cru- she's cruising. That's the language. Y'all know what that means. My goodness, I cannot think of the island, but she's West Indian and, you know, don't play with her. All right. So she's been really so many places. That's why I'm like, yo, where's the here, there? Get into it in the interview. Don't let me spoil it for you. But that's the homie. She came on season one as a result of me being not only a customer of hers, but a fan of hers. And along with that, just being a supporter, knowing that she is running this incredible black business in just a a purveyor of seeds, a slayer of seeds. 
That's a very important distinction to make because that is what she does. If you have not been to her website, Seedmail Seed Co. is SeedmailSeed.co. Look in the show notes, y'all. Don't have me up here saying it wrong. So make sure that you go and take a look at her website. It is so beautiful. Make sure that you follow the ordering instructions because she be selling out. It's just a matter of demand. There's a lot of it because the product is so incredible. So don't be mad if you have to uh, wait for it. Make sure you sign up for that email letter. But uh, long story short, if that's possible with me, I be trying y'all. I truly do. Like I said, I was a customer supporter fan of hers because of the way she does business. I was so impressed with her product when she first sent it to me when I my first order was maybe like six packs of seeds, which are 99 cents, by the way. <laughs> There's a coupon code. Uh, Black in the Garden, buy five, get one free. I had to say that you need to know. All right. So I first ordered from her. And then when I got to do business with the nonprofit organization, as a horticultural consultant to get their garden started, we ordered from Stephanie and it was a huge order. It was a huge accomplishment. It was such a big deal for, I'm gonna tell you why, cause I'm getting excited. So I'm getting ahead of myself. Me as a black gardener doing business with a black seed company for a nonprofit organization ran by a black woman. It's like, like the quote that is on my Instagram right now, when black women win victories, it elevates everyone in society. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what happened. The business was so good and so flawless. And I was just so excited and so uh, enamored by that work ethic of hers that I was like, hey, just started a podcast would you like to be a guest and she said yes and the rest is history that's how we got here so I did want to give you a little bit of that origin story in case you have not heard episode two of black in the garden featuring our first guest who is Stephanie the seed slayer who is also our current guest and our season two finale closer y'all enjoy I got a few more words probably at the end of this but season two is a wrap All right, so today on Black in the Garden, we are here with Stephanie, the seed slayer, the uh, owner of Seedmail Seed Co. And this is really exciting and particularly special because she is here to reprise her guest spot. She was the very first guest on season one of Black in the Garden. And if you haven't listened to that interview, it's totally fine if you want to like pause this, go back, listen, come back, you're caught up, it's all good. But here we are on today in uh, 2020. It's no longer 2020 because we don't fool with her like that. And we are here with Stephanie, the Seed Slayer. What's up, Steph? Hey, hey, hey. I'm good. Hey. What's up? Uh, all the things, including, you know, all the seeds being nowhere to be found because everybody just buys them all as soon as you get <laughs> We'll get to that part. Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll get to that part. But there's just... Ooh, so much that I want to uh, get into with you about what all has been happening. Uh, let's see what all had happened, uh, how you're feeling about your, would you say it's like, how would you describe where you are right now as far as 
feeling seen, feeling like exposure. I'm searching oh, for the right words. I feel so exposed. I feel naked. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. What? Tell me more about, tell us more about yeah. that. Yeah. So, well, you know, I had my nice little close knit, like set of customers and like, I kind of already knew everybody that was like patron to me. And, um, when, <laughs> up until and, when? Up until March, like, I don't know what happened, but like the very end of February, I started getting more seen by more people. And it's a little overwhelming. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it, it's almost as if like, you know, you're taking a shower and someone just pulls back the the, the curtain and you're just like, wow. ah! <laughs> that's I how I'm feeling. I was, I was not ready and it's cold. Like, <laughs> yes. Oh wow. my goodness. Yeah. I mean, like, granted, I love all my new customers and everything. Like, don't get me wrong. It's yeah. just, it's new. And I was very like, um, boutique, small, you know, like specialty shop. And now it's like, there's a demand for me to explode and to be bigger, which I don't necessarily want in the sense that everybody requires. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, because, you know, me being small is the personality of my business. It um, is. You know, and I feel like once you start having employees and doing all that extra, like it starts taking away from certain things. Um, so yeah, like you, you won't be able to say that. Oh wow, she hand packed my seeds, you know, with love. Wow, that I mean, because the seeds are hand packed. They're yeah. you're very strategic about how you store them and how and when you package yeah. them because you are them. you are like quality is of the utmost and and yeah. the the longevity and the lifespan of your product, which we're gonna get into that. But I love how you just mentioned small is the personality of your brand and if anyone keeps up with well i know y'all keep up with most of you keep up with her uh with stephanie on instagram and you could see like your stories and how you are being very much yourself uh yeah. loving your iced coffee your boo jackie uh your husband and your cats yeah my cat and your garden my ugly. <laughs> I mean, of course, I have more than one cat, but my ugly is my favorite. That's of, who's of on course. most female packaging. So, <laughs> See, the cats even show up in the packaging, y'all. So, yeah. like, it is that is just how like that's how much you're you are including basically your 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 whole like almost your DNA, your personal DNA yeah. into your product. And I understand that that was not always easy for you to be so transparent about you just being you, especially as a business owner. I mean, we know you have blue hair and that's already, we did talk about that on the first interview <laughs> with yeah, what yeah. that means and how intentional that decision is. But it also feels kind of like anti, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, yeah. eh, I'm already black and stuff and you know, stereotypes, blah, blah, blah. But tell us more about why you or what the process was like for you to get to that point where you were just like, I'm just going to be me. I'm going to do me in business. Yeah. You know, um, when I first started, I was very much aware of being in a predominantly white space. So you almost want to whitewash yourself. Mm. Um, 
you know, and we, we already know how toxic and bad that can be. Bad. But I'm, I'm already pretty, <laughs> it's actually pretty interesting because if I take photos of like just my hands and stuff, you really, really, you really wouldn't know that I was melanated at, you know, I could have just been a slightly darker white person, um, you know, you the tan a little skin. bit. Yeah, I'm so again, I'm it's so bad. <laughs> and of course, when we start getting into the the very light uh, versions of our complexion, we start talking, we start using words like passing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. It's definitely a passing type of white, which is annoying, but you know it has its advantages. Of course, you know, stick a wig on me, and it's like one of those things. But um, actually, a big that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um very easily have I gotten jobs with just sticking a wig on myself um mm-hmm. but um you know I, I was in this space and it just felt like I just couldn't really be me and it was really hard to progress my business to see where I was going with it to grow mm-hmm. it um you know and you know one day my husband was just like just be you like why are you trying so hard to fit their mold <laughs> Who else and, is going to be? <laughs> exactly. And I was just like, you're right. Because he was just like, you don't fit in any mold in your regular life. And like, you know, that 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 man knows me <laughs> better than I know myself. And <laughs> he'd be schooling me on my damn self, you know. <laughs> and yeah. um, I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, why, why am I doing this? You know, so that's when we introduced my character, um, which I still have the original. It's a character that he originally drew. So that's how he sees me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, we changed it up a bit or whatever. Cause you know, she changes as I change my hairstyles, my hair color, like the different shade of blue my hair happens to be at the time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so we, we just changed her up a bit. Favorite hairstyles, outfits I like to wear, things that I have, you know, my cat. The boots. <laughs> the boots, my engagement boots. Um, you know, just just everything. And, you know, I've slowly just been being my more my most authentic self. And it comes more natural to me and people gravitate towards me because of it. Um, you know, so it's it's one of those things where like I was at a standstill on Instagram really for like my following. I was at like 1,000 followers last year. It was like Mm -hmm. 1,500 maybe. Mm -hmm. And when I started, like just, I just took off that mask and just started to be like myself. And then like all of a sudden, like, you know, people would just come and they just like me for me. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) so, you know, like, so it's okay to be your authentic self, which is something that I've always fought, always fought, you know, like I have many identities and it's just, it, it's so hard for me to just, to just kind of show me as I am, but my company yeah. really gives me that. And, you know, I get to be blackety black. Like, I don't care if you don't like it. Like my company's not for you. If you don't, if you don't like it, it's not for you, period. That's really, that's important. And, you know, not everybody gets to that point. Uh, it's also I can see how it would be easier to be able to conduct yourself that way with a small business. Like you get to do your business on your own terms. And, and it's really brilliant because it's like, you know, when you, when we're going to jobs that are, you, you know, that are, how am I trying to put this? When we're going into jobs where we're going into spaces that 
many times require us to change ourselves in some kind of way. Nobody feels comfortable with changing themselves in order to enter any space, really, because yeah. you don't get to be you. So if in anything, and I hope that any any um, aspiring entrepreneur, plantrepreneurs that are listening to this, I hope that you would understand that it makes the most sense in your own business to just be you as much as you possibly can because it's yeah. your business. Like literally. It's your business. And if you can't be you, <laughs> it's literally taking away the exact reasons that you started your business, which is to create a space for yourself. That's exactly why I started my business. Like create yeah. a safe space for myself and for other people like me. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned these identities that you have. We, I think we got into that some, um, admittedly, I did not listen back to the first interview recently. Um, I've, you know, I've been in touch with you. <laughs> Say that again. I, I don't remember what's on there either. Like what's interview and versus our like real life conversations, you know? Like <laughs> listen, y'all. Okay. So Stephanie and I have been able to just keep up with each other and, and form a wonderful friendship and become part of each other's support system and network, especially as we are doing business in ways that are, you know, kind of unprecedented, a lot of internet activities, stuff like that. So it, just like in any, any kind of field at all, you would need a support system. And the, the more that your support system understands what all you're doing, uh, that does help that support to be that much more like effective so shout out to you i appreciate you for that you've been amazing I appreciate you too. <laughs> <laughs> so, to be able to get to interview you but okay so going back to your identities uh west indian that comes out Ooh. a lot in just the language that you use in your story right. i love your stories because <laughs> Everything goes. There's usually a lot of rage and stuff, but going back oh, to yeah, definitely being a West Indian, um, you know, background and mm -hmm. growing up in America and then going back to the island, like, tell us yeah. what that experience was like. All right. So, you know, like I was originally born in New Jersey. I'm a first generation American. Um, my parents are immigrants. My dad's from Dominica. My mom's from St. Lucia, but she um, grew up in the Virgin Islands, mm -hmm. um, St. Louis specifically. So after 9-11, she moved us to the Virgin Islands. Me kicking and screaming, of course, but mm -hmm. um, <laughs> in the most dramatic way that I always am. And um, without that. I just, I just wouldn't be. I'm so dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, so I get to the Virgin Islands and I have my uh, Jersey accent, you know, coffee and whatnot, you know, <laughs> being made fun of. <laughs> uh -huh. and, I, and I would just get made time and like, I'd end up with like the nickname of like Redbone or White Girl or, you know, like it was this running joke that Jason Kidd was my dad because my dad is like extremely light. And so like, I get my color from my dad. Like my mom's extremely dark. Like, you know, she has dark brown skin and I just love it. And I just have my dad's melanin deficiency. Mm. And <laughs> but my dad's the black one, you know? So right. <laughs> interestingly enough, my dad is, is who's black. My mom's Indian. And, mm. um, you know, so like I got made fun of so much for having that accent 
and um, for 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 being a Yankee, so that I like adopted the 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 Crusian accent because Saint Tomians have a different accent. I, mm-hmm. I adopted the Crusian accent almost out of like malice, not really because I wanted to, but it was like literally survival. Um, yeah, survival. Just to, just to stop being made fun of and to fit into that space because you you stick out like a sore eye thumb. I already did because I, I already, you know, I, I'm obviously fresh meat. Like I obviously look like I don't belong, yeah. <laughs> you know? So I, I ended up adopting the accent and I ended up really loving the accent, you know? And like, I really came into it and like, you know, started loving my Caribbean roots because it's something that I wasn't very much aware of when I was in the States. Like when I was in New Jersey, I had really just white friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom and my dad, like herita- heritage wise, like I didn't really have much of it until I went to the Virgin Islands. And then, you know, you start to get into your Caribbean-ness and, and, you know, I just, I just started feeling more like myself you know like you come into yourself and so like I'm enjoying the culture I'm enjoying my accent and then I come to the states and I go to college and guess Mm. what guess who's being made fun of again me (laughs) when you came back what was the problem Uh, when I come back to the states now I'm being made fun of for the Virgin Islands accent for for not being understood like people can't understand the 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 accent they're like i i just i don't what did you say can you repeat yourself so now i find myself masking myself for a very long time like my husband didn't even know that i had an accent until he heard me speak to my best friend yeah what was this yeah yeah so you know because we met back in like 2009 yeah 2009 and like we knew each other for like a while long time obviously mm-hmm. it's 2020 now right um, yeah. <laughs> a minute. and you know I, I just like I hide it so well wow <laughs> like if I don't want you to know you will never know until I get upset and then it just comes out I that's amazing it. I know that some people listening can relate to that on some level with but that is just so deep with having to it's not that you had to, of course, but you felt the need to. I mean, of course, going back it made to my life easier. That's yeah. Really Avoid conflict, you know, um, because people get kind of aggressive towards you when they find out that you're not like them. Ooh, you wow. Know, I I I had a really hard time blending in with college, and I really could only be in like the Caribbean student unions and stuff because I even had a hard time with Black student unions and American Black people accepting me. And I've always been in this weird space because I'm technically American Black by birth, right? Mm, by birth. <laughs> by birth, because mm. I'm born here, right? Mm. But by heritage, I'm Caribbean Black. And I'm like somewhere in like this weird middle ground. And it's it's just like being mixed. You're never like, Indians won't accept you. Black people have a hard time accepting you. Just somewhere in the middle. And it's just like, I've always just been somewhere in the middle. And it's always created really a complex identity for me I guess because there's I'm just not a one-size-fits-all like I'm just doing everything everything all the time really everything and then you end up having blue hair and then you also (laughs) went to Korea for because you you're 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 referring to your college experience when you were in Florida but you also went to school in Korea just right quick tell us the degrees that you have 
and the things that you've studied so we can kind of put it all together? Well, my degree is actually in art history and okay. linguistics um, mm -hmm. to teach English as a second language specifically. Um, mm -hmm. That's why I ended up over in Korea because um, I was studying Korean ceramics and um, I was teaching English. Like, a, a, you know, double, you know, Lots two, things at one, two things at one time, two things yeah. at one time. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I went over to Korea because it's like, why not? I already don't really fit any molds or anything. So like, I just kind of created my own <laughs> yeah, and did. I'm just doing whatever it is that I want to do. <laughs> um, so like I went over to Korea and I absolutely love it. If I could tell you that I feel at home somewhere, it's in Korea. Um, that's interesting. That's, yeah, I feel so at home in Korea, which I've I've heard I've heard I've heard other Black people have bad experiences, um, but like I said, I'm of the lighter complexion, so nobody, you know, like a lot of them didn't even really know what I was, and like so they'll they just kind of like sheepishly ask you in like <laughs> a really confused manner because they they don't want to be incorrect and they don't want to offend you. Like Koreans are very big on not offending you, right? Um, Lightness. Exactly. So, mm -hmm. you know, they're like, so what, where are you, you know? <laughs> and then of course, like I've had a couple of them come up to me and speak to me in Spanish, which was interesting. Um, oh, I never thought I would understand. I would hear Spanish in Korea, but it has happened. And <laughs> wow. I was like, oh, wow, I just can't escape the Spanish look, <laughs> you know, like, cause in Florida, it happens to me all the time. Like I get it. <laughs> I, I get it. I understand why people would do it. Like, I, I totally get it. I'm not even mad, you know. Um, but yeah, they, they just really wouldn't know. And like, you know, because you're tall, they want you to play basketball with them. And it's, it's really not because of like, it, it's funny, because it's like a weird stereotype that like all black people play basketball, but like at the same Very time, weird. I do. So like, well, I was you like, do play yeah. basketball. Yeah, I was a big jock in high school. Fun fact. <laughs> wow. See, I yeah. talked about many. Volleyball, basketball, you know, like I loved it. Like I, yeah, like I'm a little chunky and like out of shape now because I just really like food. But in high school, Don't like I, I was so skinny. I was like 118 pounds. Um, That's but, so you know, funny about the basketball because it's like, yeah, it's a stereotype. So you're like actually how dare you but yeah i will dunk yes, i would like to play you know yeah. it's like if somebody walks up to you and asks you if you have some green and you're like how dare you but i do yeah <laughs> like, how many grams are you talking bro you know like i might be able to start you <laughs> <laughs> yeah to be so obvious about it damn okay you know yeah so you you was hooping on the Koreans and oh, yeah. also that. learning the craft of ceramics and art history. It's like, yeah. dang, Stephanie, how did you even get to the seeds? I'm sure we went over this in the first interview, but Man, talking so about your story is never not fascinating. And I'm familiar with many parts <laughs> of it, but it's it's very dynamic. 
because I'm all over the place. Like, I just, I feel like in order to really develop yourself, you have to try everything and experience everything. So that's just what I do. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to try everything twice, not just once, twice, mm. because it takes me two times to decide whether or not I like it. The first time is a shock factor. Second mm-hmm. time, I can really discern whether or not how I feel. And like, that's how I felt in Korea. I was there for four months. The first month, I was just like, whoa, <laughs> this is overwhelming. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I felt like a giant there too. <laughs> because uh, you were the tallest one around in most many times. Yeah, there, How tall are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm almost 5'8". Um, okay. Yeah. So it's, I'm not super tall, but for female in Korea, it's, a you know. <laughs> it what is, is the average height there? Is it about like 5'2"? I'm not really sure what the average height is, but my roommates were five one and five foot flat. Okay. So I would like tower over them and we would hang out all the time. So like I'm with these two Korean girls and, you know, Koreans would just stop me and like, just want to take pictures of me because they loved my hair. They thought I was cute. They just loved my fashion style and everything. Mm-hmm. And like, it just, it was like a weird little celebrity status, but like, I really enjoyed like all the people that I met and, you know, like it was fun and it was fun giving them a look of a black person. That's not on media. Right. Um, you know, cause it's like, they don't really get to experience us outside of the media and all of the bad things that the media might say or portray mm-hmm. us to be. So, you know, it was like, yeah, I'm going to be black over here. And I'm going to show you what black people's like. <laughs> in a in a you know. really cool kind of way not just exactly like, exactly like yeah i'll play basketball with you i'm gonna kill you at it too like <laughs> and i also have ceramics <laughs> i also have ceramics i'm eating all the korean food i learned how to do the chopsticks they were like oh my gosh you can speak a little bit of korean you know like they'll always yeah. get shocked when you can understand them uh-huh. You know, and it, it was just, it was a very fun experience. And like I said, I felt at home there. Like I never felt, cause you know, I live in West Palm beach, Trump town. Mm-hmm. So like you Ooh. get stared at by some white people there. Like, you know, they it's don't know better. friendly space sometimes. And I just, I never felt like malicious stares when I was in Korea. And like, I just felt very accepted and like, loved and everybody was like really curious about you they want to know about you you know Mm -hmm. and I just I really enjoyed that space because without it I really would have I would still be having a hard time of being who I am and like showing so yeah you're saying that it made a big difference in you and your personal development when you had the opportunity to feel accepted in such a significant way in that culture, a culture that's very much foreign uh, from the cultures that you were, you know, born into and and have been exposed to just growing up. So I know that was probably unexpected. It was extremely unexpected, especially when you see like some of the YouTube videos and some of the bad experiences that people have had. But just like in the States, you know, some of your bad experiences, they're just they're they're a small handful in like the majority but all you hear about is the small handful so I went there with not the best um assumptions on how I would be received and was pleasantly shocked like I I really was Mm -hmm. I was pleasantly shocked I I never got received poorly but I also 
you know, I was in like Seoul, Busan, Sejong area. They're all like pretty big cities and stuff. So like maybe if you were somewhere more rural, rural, you know, maybe. But you know, like the young people with like you know K-pop, which is very much black inspired. It's obvious um, all the way. Um, you know, like the young people are just so excited to meet new people. Like they love to travel. They mm-hmm. they travel all over the place. Like most of the Koreans I've met have been more places than I could even fathom of being. Uh-huh. You know, so you know they really enjoy experiencing new people, new things, and seeing. You know, like they 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 value that experience and that's that's just kind of like how i was feeling i was like yes i, I feel that like yes let's, let's explore all the cultures all the people uh-huh. let's just see everything because like you you end up so close-minded by just staying in your little bubble versus when you yeah. get to experience people you see them in a whole different light that's really that's necessary it really does help and and it makes me think about uh people who i i'm trying to choose my words very carefully because i don't want to throw shade at nobody um especially (laughs) someone who lives in a small town that chooses not to venture out of that town my thing is if you want to stay there that is your business but if you feel like it is not necessary to explore any part outside of this place that you know so well, or this place that you've been raised in, then I would, I would just ask you to consider why, like, why do you feel like this is the only Mm -hmm. place for you? And is there some fear that is attached to the, the thought of venturing outside of where you always are? You know what I mean? But I definitely feel that. I definitely feel that. Oh, you know, I never even answered about how I got to the seeds. So in Korea, you see gardens everywhere, like everywhere. Thank you. Like, no, thank you so much for that. Cause I was literally about to ask, okay, what about gardening in Korea? You we're getting there. Let's go. Let's go. Man. So the gardens and I was in, um, Sejong, um, which is an hour outside of Seoul. So it's a little bit more rural. Um, you know, there's a lot of like nothingness and then, you know, little pockets of, you know, places and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but like, you know, this, this, the college was up in a mountain and like you would have to climb down the mountain or back up, you know, so you would climb down it for food, you know, because uh-huh. I needed to try things that just wasn't cafeteria. I needed to have it all. And, yeah. <laughs> and you know, there would just be these little ajamas like just and the how many is just sitting there in their like little gardens and like people have like rooftop gardens like balcony oh. gardens like you just see like people drying the gochujang the, the gochujarus they're like um the korean red peppers yeah um you just see them drying outside just chilling and nobody touches them you couldn't do that here if i had peppers drying outside i'm pretty sure i'd come outside and they'd be gone okay like mm not just like from like birds and animals like people people would have took them like they're just like out on the sidewalk just drying these peppers peppers are left in a place where people are passing by them and they're leaving them peacefully just completely leaving them alone oh yeah no we don't do that over here we don't do that no 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 you couldn't do that i can't even grow things in my front yard without people taking them okay Mm. all right 
So like I've had people like snip my roses for cuttings and stuff, which is perfectly fine. Just don't snip it in a way where it can't grow anymore. You know, like Ooh. I get it. I'm a cutting thief too. But like, hey, <laughs> do it mindfully, you know? Let's um, be intentional about like trying not to disrupt it too much. But exactly. I feel you on, on the, the cuttings. You know, sometimes you just really need a cutting real bad. Sometimes you just really, I walk around with scissors. I ain't gonna lie. I, I'm not gonna lie. I also have a spade uh, in my vehicle. All right. Um, mm-hmm. I, I travel with a spade. Uh, I'm always mad at myself when I find myself not having like a pocket knife or some scissors because you never yeah. know when you gonna need you to get never cut. know. You never know. Yeah. And it's always when you don't have them that you want them. We are so true to this. <laughs> so, you know. Because, <laughs> you know, like, know. I travel with a knife. I never know when I'm going to need to cut a plant. Yeah. Man, like, it's not even cut a person, you know, like, cut a plant. Like, I might need this. I might need to bring it home with me. Yeah. Exactly. So I you feel know. you're felt. You are felt and you are seen. <laughs> So, you know, like you're walking around in Korea and you're seeing these things and it's just, you're like, wow, you really get a concept of you don't even need that much space to make food for yourself because they are so productive. It's so productive, like these tiny little gardens and they just grow up because, you know, it's like, the, it's like a city landscape and stuff. And they're like really close together and like the houses are on top of each other, not much land and stuff. And that's why they just grow up. You know, they have their rooftop gardens and things. And, you know, when you say grow up, you're yeah, referring to vertical gardening. Yeah. Which I feel like, let's just do a whole show about vertical gardening. It's so beautiful. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's just like literally all I do in my garden because my, my yard is so small. Uh-huh. <laughs> but like I grow all the things. Like people are shocked when I do like a little tour and they're like, how did you even fit all this? You know, because they'll see my Instagram and my photos and they think I have this like large space because I grow so many different things. I thought and, that at first myself. I was just yeah, like, this no, is a big old yard. It's small. I've, I've shown it to you. You've seen it before. It's tiny. It's not that big. I'm talking you know. about my first impression was oh, yeah. she is just gardening it up in, in all the acreage. Oh, no, not even. I don't even have a quarter of an acre of, of mm. land. Not even. It's, I don't even think it's an eighth. Like, it's, it's so small. <laughs> like, my mother-in-law in Texas has a bigger backyard than I do. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. So but you've gardened. Oh, my God. Okay, so I know you were, you were talking about the experience mm-hmm with uh, what you were seeing in the Korean, you know, the garden scene, which just makes me feel very inspired to just go down an Instagram rabbit hole looking for like Korean, (laughs) Korean of gardens. Do it. Like you'll love it. And they they grow such like interesting varieties too. Like I have my sister send me seeds all the time. I can't offer them on SEMO though, because they're like hybrids. Um, and, and you, you want to, yeah, you want to be very selective. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very heirloom, but, but I'm actually experimenting low key with, with certain things where like I grow them, save the seeds, grow them, save the seeds, grow them, save the seeds so that like I'm stabilizing a hybrid and getting wow. kind of like my own vibe. So like, <laughs> cause I really like Korean cucumbers. So like my mom right now is growing some <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know. I, I employ my mom to grow a lot of things for me and save seeds because that's what she's doing while I'm in Texas. And um, 
yeah, she's she's a very good mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it gives her something to do. She likes growing too, so you know. Aww. Um and she's never really been involved in the seed aspect. So that's that's very new for her. I've been teaching her, the OG gardener, about mm. seeds. I even get to teach my mom. It's crazy. Mm. Yeah. You know. But um, yeah, so I, I forgot what I was talking about. What was I talking well, okay, about? The yeah. This, okay, so you get seeds from Korea. And yeah. I love what you said about how you continue to grow them and collect the seeds to stabilize. Yeah. And okay, so let's get more into your seed. Like, let's get into the seeds, really, because mm-hmm. you're the seed slayer, which I did not even realize that I kind of dubbed that name for you. Well, um, yeah, well, yeah. So <laughs> you you're welcome. I love that. Like, wow, that's amazing. I'm not even going to, I'm not going to get caught up on that right now. I'll take a moment after. (laughs) But as the seed slayer, the fact that you do that, just, that was just one example with you, what you mentioned about the cucumbers. Uh, You also have like a very fierce uh, dedication to quality. Tell us yes. why it's like, talk to us about your commitment to quality and how that sets you apart from the other seed companies without throwing shade, if possible. Without throwing shade. <laughs> A lot of seed companies package their seeds all at once and they just sit on a shelf. Um, when you move seeds out of their proper storage, which I keep all of mine in Mylar zips, dark, cool, controlled, you know, um, and that's why I run out of seeds every month because I package small amounts so that they're continuously fresh. I, I don't want them to sit in those packages. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if they sit in the package at your home, that's on you. In my home, no. <laughs> so, you know um, yeah, I know better. Like I'm, I, I hate paying $5 for a seed packet and like 30% of it germinates. Mm-hmm. You know, like that is a very big upset for me. Um, And, um, you know, I really just want accessibility plus quality. I don't feel like you should have to sacrifice either. Um, So yeah, it takes some of my time to sit there and germinating them and, and, you know, to like not mass fill them, you know, because I fill everything by hand. Um, So I get to inspect my seeds, I get to look at them, like I don't put cracked pumpkin seeds in a packet, you know. Like, you're going to get the good ones. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'll even sift out the small ones out of the... <laughs> uh-huh. it. You know, because it's, it's just one of those things, you know, like, I just, I really love seeds. I love the feel. Mm. I love the smell. I like looking at them, seeing all the different seed families that they belong to. Like, I, you can see a seed know that, like, okay, it belongs to this. And then, like, I'll Google it and I'll be like... <laughs> <laughs> you say you um, can see a seed and no you mean just you. it's only you just just me I, I see so many seeds you know <laughs> I, I like I said I hand fill them it's like this really weird um uh it's satisfying not even a hobby but it's a skill set that I just acquired 
where like I just know what particular seeds look like so like if I had a little baggie of some seeds that like I just mixed up and I'm like all right this is a tomato this is an eggplant I might not know the variety because like you know within the varieties they all look the same right yeah but like I'll definitely know what family it probably belongs to you know and then when I get to see a new seed that I've never touched before it's just like a whole new experience for me I'm like whoa what is this where does this belong what is it from you know let me touch (laughs) it you know, let me touch it. Let me, let me grope it. I definitely molest seeds. Like, Ooh, yeah. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you, but, you know, I'm, no shame in my game. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, quality is of the utmost importance for me. And um, I just, I really feel like you should be able to get the most out of your seed packet. Like, why not? 100% why not? germination. That is definitely the the goal that you have in mind for your ninety percent, one hundred percent is almost not feasible. Um, That's not practical. <laughs> it's not practical. There are just right. some seeds that won't germinate. Um, you know, some some varieties. You have to know the variety that you're germinating. Some of them, like passion fruit seeds, don't have oh. high germination rates. Period. Even if they're fresh off the plant, I have the worst time trying to germinate passion fruit seeds. In fact, I took them off the store because I just couldn't deal with people. You not did. Them. I can't germinate them. I don't know. Ugh, it's just such a problem. I really think it has to go through a bird's whole digestiveness. We literally grow. Yeah. Like, we, I just, I, <laughs> what happened was y'all, we, we had a conversation about this a few months ago. Cause I feel like, wasn't this my theory though? Or did we come up with this together? I think we, because we might've just been just talking about like all the methods that I've tried. And you were like, you know, the only thing that's left is like a bird just shitting it out. And you're like, yeah, yeah. But there's, there's science to that. It's like the, the poop breaks it down. It's the fertilizer, right? So it's active. So once the bird ingests the seed, it is, uh, it the enzymes and stuff in its um in in digest digest that enamel down is breaking it down and is in the the minerals that is coming from all of that you know poop that it is being pooped out yeah. with is actually serving it. I know that sounds gross and it sounds graphic, but if you can just appreciate you the logic and the science, yeah. that's all I'm trying to say. But I'm glad that we could work that out. Yeah. So there is your passion fruit seed. What is it? Passion flower seed? That that's your hat yeah, for how to grow it. Get a bird to eat yeah. it and poop it back out. Just so good luck with that. Mm-hmm. Good luck with that. <laughs> I, I refuse. I refuse. I just cut my plant and make more if I need to do it. It's just a mess. <laughs> anybody who has had experience with oh wait, let me put it in a better way. If you have tried certain seeds and you know that certain seeds are more challenging to germinate. Me, myself, and this came up in a few other interviews, um, p- particularly with, I remember it came up with Siri and it came up with uh, Christian from the Afrobeats podcast talking about lavender germination. We're not going to get into that, oh, but I'm just saying lavender man. is tough. It's the worst. 
we will literally do like a whole other conversation on that because we're not going to stop on lavender i refuse no we'll stay forever right (laughs) so when it comes to certain seeds they are just harder to grow so it is easier to Mm -hmm. just start with like a baby plant or a cutting parsnips are hard parsnips parsnips are hard to germinate when i didn't even know they were hard to germinate because i've never grown a parsnip right i Uh just it's a new variety offered on seed mail recently and so i put up grow guides for all of my seeds um and within looking doing all the research for you guys yeah i make your job easy right (laughs) i do all the research compile it put it together and add my own expertise if it's something that i've grown but i've never grown parsnips i I live in a zone 10b so like just don't really expect me to but um (laughs) Mm. um i i didn't realize they were hard to germinate they grow just as easy as carrots do but they have a very hard germination time like you're just like okay and so like the viability of these seeds for parsnips just aren't as high as like a carrot seed sometimes and just getting it to break out of its shell is a little hard you know and you're just like wow it's like me with nasturtiums like I talked to you about that I was shocked when you got them to grow so easily and I struggle (laughs) so hard I just I can't do it I don't know how I and I've just I just watch hers and I just watch hers in envy I get so mad (laughs) we're keeping it real man but it's okay there I can grow pineapples so yeah you can look at the cover (laughs) y'all she's holding a pineapple holding a pineapple it's so cute shout out to Paula um oh my god so Wow. Okay, Stephanie, you know, we could go in so many different directions. There's so much to talk about, but I want to touch on three things before we wrap up. You just mentioned zone 10B. I don't, I think we talked about zones for sure on Black in the Garden before, but tell us about a few zones that you've grown in and let's just talk about zones, like break down zones a little bit. Well, zones, you know, is basically how long of a growing period that you have, um, you know, that, that's, that's really basically it. You know, Florida is pretty much year long growing. If you can stomach the Florida summer, um, <laughs> I can't, I burn up like a crisp, but um, I usually send my mom outside during the summertime. She, she's the summer gardener. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's good. Um, yeah. So, you know, I live in a 10B. Um, I'm currently in Houston, not for long, I'll be leaving soon, but I'm currently in Houston, which is a 9B, which is very interesting because I've never grown in a temperature that's not as hot, like in the Virgin Islands, it's an 11. Um, Mm. So it's even hotter than West Palm, (laughs) but Mm. we have volcanic soil and it's, you know, it's cool like you have all the ocean breeze which can be a problem because you know salt spray depending on where you are on the island and whatnot not Mm. all plants can deal with salt but our plants grow really well without ever having to fertilize anything because we have that volcanic soil Mm. my 10b i have sand for soil where like maybe someone in arizona would probably have clay for soil very different growing dynamic Um, those are all very different you said volcanic soil versus clay versus exactly so like i have sand in florida and i'm dealing with clay in texas in fact i just decided not to even deal with the clay and i'm just growing in um you know fabric pots because um growing in clay is just a hassle you really have to break it down but it's It's possible you have to break it down 
add it's hey. an act of God that is required. Let's just be honest. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you have to know what grows best in your environment. Really, sure. really, and truly. Like apparently pumpkins and squash like clay soil. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know. know that either. And I'm literally, I, I am in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. I think most of us know that by now. And I'm talking about that, the same red clay that you mm-hmm. see in Georgia. And I have some of your fairy tale pumpkins going right now uh, in a pot, which is mm-hmm. another story. But the foliage is beautiful and my hopes are high. So I'm going to say that. Toss a couple seeds in the ground and see what it does. Like, um, I, I don't know if I would transplant them because they're already kind of used to a certain type of soil. Yeah. Um, so the root shock might be a little much for them. They might not be able to grow into the clay. <laughs> they already started flowering. I can't imagine transplanting at this point. Yeah, yeah. They, they don't transplant well regardless, like on a regular mm-hmm. basis. They just, mm-hmm. they're not the transplant type of plants. Anything in that cucurbit, melon, squash family just don't really like being transplanted. But um, yeah, you know, apparently they like clay, and I had no clue. I had no clue. Like I had to look it up because I was just like, "What type of soil is this even?" <laughs> mm. And um, apparently Texas has many types of soil, but for the most part, clay. Texas um, is big. Is is Does it? In- <laughs> okay, let me clarify. I'm so sorry, y'all. When I said zones. I just, sometimes we, we be really just in our vibe and we just know what we know and we just be talking that talk, but we don't clarify for the people yeah. who just got here. Okay. Growing zones. Yeah. Hardiness zones, specifically, if you want to look it up on, on Google, if you want to know yours, Google your um, zip code yes. plus hardiness zone and it'll show up. Hardiness zone. Uh, Auntie Google will definitely assist you with that. If you've ever looked at the back of a traditional pack of seats, no, let me not say traditional. Well, no, traditional is fine because you're definitely not traditional in the best, no. most bomb ass way. So if you look on them, them regular packs of seeds, they will have that on there. But Stephanie, she don't do that because she got grow guides for you. Like a it's whole, on the website. It's on the website. And I'm she's trying like, to be as eco-friendly as possible. <laughs> that and, is- and to keep my costs low. Like I can keep 99 cent seeds because I keep my costs low. Um, that's, that's really just the matter of the fact, right. um, you know, so, so that, so, you know, go on the website, it's there, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> everything um, you need, everything you need, the grows, the grow guides, like, you know, if I say that it's specifically well suited for heat, trust me, it is, because I've grown it, right. um, I even have, like, a whole tab right now that's all the things that I've grown in my Florida garden that's done well, um, you know, for people that's that are That's like a cheat sheet. Yeah, it is a cheat sheet because I've grown it and it grows well for me. So it should be you. And, <laughs> and you're some in of the South Florida. Even from my garden. So, you know, yeah. if, you know, if a seed comes from my garden, you should just already know that it went through me not watering it on time and it went Ooh. through hurricanes and all that heat and humidity. It just went through a lot. Just trust me. Those are survivors. Them seeds <laughs> have been through it, y'all. So if they could grow under her care, uh, they yeah. definitely know that they have for sure been stress tested. Yeah. <laughs> and we know us lazy gardeners <laughs> know what the word stress testing means. Oh, yeah. Like, girl, I feel like watering it. It just got a little limp at some point. Yeah. I'd be watching them things wilt too. I'm like, mm, yeah, but I ain't going to go outside and wilt with you. So you're going to have to wait till the sun goes oh, down. Oh, see. <laughs> 
this is exactly what I was referring to when I was saying what I said about, listen, she's just going to be who she is, and sometimes something's not going to make it. It's fine. Sometimes. This is Sparta, man. So, like, so, sometimes you got to get off the bridge, off the, you know, into the well. It really, I feel like I want to do a solo episode about that, actually. You've inspired me to talk about, like, the stress testing of the plants and uh, oh, yeah. just what sometimes what happens in our lives is that we may just be like, wait, we might not have enough energy to go and give to the garden as much as yeah. we loving to garden. Sometimes things come up in our life where we know that it throws off our balance. And that's kind of an indicator to where we can be like, Hey, what's really going on? Am I okay? Like my, my plants are just out. <laughs> dying and i don't really care exactly if your garden is dying maybe you are too you know like it's one of those things it really makes sense because even before i started gardening i made a friend who was a a, an incredible gardener she's gardening around the world her name is ahuvia shout out to her uh if she's listening but i remember she told me like what's going on in your garden is an indication as to what's going on in your life and I did get it for the most part, but, you know, sometimes you got to go through a few things before something really, really... You got to see it actually happen, you know? Like, when I realized that my garden is, like, overweeded and, like, it's wilting and stuff like that, I also then realized that I haven't been taking care of myself, too, because I've been so busy with seed mail and, and just everything that I am not sleeping, not hydrated, not getting enough sun, you know, <laughs> not fertilizing myself properly. Like, we're all just plants, honestly. We're all just plants. And, wow. you know, like, you have to, the same care that you would put into your garden, you should put into yourself. And I can always tell where I'm at mentally dependent on how my garden looks like if I'm getting scant harvest I know I'm not doing too great like here in Texas I could be doing so much better with the zone nine because it's not as hot and well it is hot Texas sun is just rude but um, (laughs) but you know um I was able to grow zucchinis here. I've never been able to do that in West Palm. Fun they fact. were so um, beautiful. They're so, and they taste so good. Oh my gosh. Ooh. You know, so, you know, but like, I, I haven't been getting as bountiful harvest as I have been like, say in West Palm, because I'm out of my element. I am not in my home place. I don't really know what's going on here. And then like, boom, seed mail just grew like literally overnight. Thank you. Overnight. Like literally. Doing. You just beat me to the question because that's literally what I was on the tip of my tongue. I'm like, girl, let's talk about the selling out. What had happened? Oh, my gosh. What had happened was... Okay, tell us a little bit about what's popping in Texas and and how it's all tied together with what all had happened. You know, I don't even know if it's tied together. I just know that I'm in Texas currently and I just packed (laughs) up. I was like, okay, we're going to go visit Jackie's mom. You know, she lives out here. This is where Jackie's from. He's a Mm. Texas-born native. Got that Texas pride strong in him. um, Don't mess with Texas. Don't mess with Texas. (laughs) Don't. Um, You know, so we came out here just to really see his mom. It's his 60th. It's her 60th birthday this year um, on the Aww. 16th, actually. So mm-hmm. um, we came here for that. And it was like really like a 60th birthday present. He hasn't been home in forever. And, you know, we we're just like, let's spend some time with her. She wants to learn how to garden. Like, let's do that. Right. Okay. 
so we come out here and I'm like, yeah, I, I, I put up like a bunch because I, I don't know if y'all know this, but what goes up on Seedmail's site is really just what I want to grow. Um, <laughs> and that's totally fine to, to run like, your business that way. And that's once again, that is literally your business. Exactly. I don't go based off of regular seasons. Like, yeah, I'm putting up tomato seeds right now. Cool. Cause that's what I'm going to grow when I get back home. Like, mm. <laughs> you know, but like, of course I do put a mix, you know, like I get fall things in there. Like I'm very much aware that, you know, everybody else is all over the place, but yeah. you know, now is really like, I go like, yeah, I can offer all types of varieties, but I don't want to, I want to offer these. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I, looked up the zone beforehand what grows well what I'll be able to grow and like you know I put up a whole bunch of new seeds like I just acquired them for seed mail and then I was just like yeah so this is what I'm gonna grow in my Texas garden so I get here and then COVID happens boy literally as soon as I get here uh, <laughs> the big bad he should who he should he who shall not be named virus that's why we don't face. have twenty twin no more. Cause remember Man. how excited I was about twenty twin. I know you was excited. I was excited too. We had all these plans, all these dreams. We was gonna do things. Yeah. Here I am coming to Texas. I figured I'd also meet a lot of like the Houston gardeners. I know so many of them. And then like while yeah. I'm here, you find out like I've come in contact with a couple like Houston like farmers and stuff, but you can't meet them because of COVID. And I Ooh. really can't be exposed because I send seeds out to hundreds of people literally hundreds of people so i've had to take myself out of the things that i want to do in order to make sure that my business is as safe as possible because Uh i can't have covid if i have covid then that means hundreds of people have COVID. that's going to be accessible so you know a lot of things that i came here to do and wanted to do i wasn't able to but that's fine you know it's fine i made lots of online friends instead you know like when you can't do certain things you just shift you shift that's it just pivot Pivot, yes. It's the same word. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, but I like pivot better. Pivot is nicer. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome, man. Okay, so you pivoted. You got I pivoted. How do you pivot around like your stock just won't stay in place? Like look, so that's just really hard because I'm not in my home, so I can only do so much here. Um, so keeping keeping big stock is just hard for me. However, when I first came out, you know, I pretty much took like a month off, right? So like I was Mm -hmm. just sitting there filling seed packets. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna put up like 2000 seed packets. This was in March. I was like, I'm gonna put up like 2000 seed packets and we gonna be good for like a little bit. COVID-19 happens and everybody and their mama wants to garden and everybody sold out. But I'm a small shop that not too many people know about. And they're like, seed mail has seeds. Seed mail has seeds. Now seed mail don't have seeds. Okay. <laughs> I was one of those. I was very oh, much with the, with the horn telling everybody. Okay. You stand hard for seed mail. I appreciate you. You know what I, I do. do. <laughs> I'm an ambassador, though. You know? So, you yeah. know, with purpose. With purpose. But I mean, no matter how many ambassadors you have, that that does not really change the fact that you gonna run out of seeds because of how you run out. So you know, the next month comes around. I was like, okay, my mailing list like doubled. Like I went from like five hundred subscribers on my newsletter to you know like a thousand. Oh. Okay, like literally in a month, and like because people, you know, it's 
it's we're in a share culture. So people post on Instagram, they get their package. Everybody just loves my packaging. And they're yes. like, oh my God, guys, look at this. So now other people are looking at me. And it's like this chain reaction that every like hundred or so customers that I get, now I have like 500 more customers. <laughs> and you're just like, dude, <laughs> I, <laughs> like, whoa, slow down. <laughs> Um, so it was just a little hectic. So now for April, I was like, all right, we're going to double the amount of seats. Wasn't enough. Within an hour, I sold out. I come back in May, 30 minutes out. I come mm -hmm. back in June. Within like five minutes, so many of the store went out. And then like within 20 minutes, I was cleaned out. Not one seed available. People would click on the newsletter and they were like, um, what happened? I thought you said you, you, you restocked. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I just got, I just got pillaged. I felt like I got pillaged. Like, <laughs> like the Vikings then came and took everything. <laughs> it was wiped out. And wiped you know, out. the, the so response cool. was, was various, but one of my, one of my favorite things to see in all the crazy stuff that you post on your stories one of my favorite things to see is your customer reactions and yeah. you are not lying when you say like the packaging is is part of the experience you know what i'm saying yeah. like you go to the website it's beautiful you're like oh my god i want all of this just off of how it looks and not even necessarily sure like if i can even grow this this is cute i'm gonna buy it it's 99 cents i'm gonna buy it you know that's the psychology right so then well, of course that's that's the motto though. Seeds worth the adventure. Expand your limits. You don't know if you can grow it. Do it anyway. Cause that's what I do. <laughs> you got a market. Seeds worth the adventure. So all of that happens. You finally get your package. Your adorable character face is on it. And your cats and your animated eggplant and all of this dope stuff. And then you also have hold up, you also have this the packaging being as beautiful as it is and then you get it in the mail right and you're look like you get the swag you get like tea you got stickers you got bookmarks you might even get a mug if you're lucky <laughs> okay so you get it in the mail and you are naturally excited and what do you want to do share yeah share and then next thing you know, Seed Mill <laughs> has so many followers that you don't even know what advertising, to nothing. Like my customers are basically my advertising budget, my advertising budget. Like I don't advertise at all. Um, I think when I first started, I placed one advertisement and that was it. And then I had just decided that I don't want advertising. I just want word of mouth because really and truly there's nothing that stands harder than word of mouth um you know and i was like you know i'm just gonna make something so pretty and so amazing that people just want to share it yeah like this I, i'm an art major you know like i can do that that's true <laughs> with no added um cost to my business because i design everything um so oh. it just it just kind of worked out and like i couldn't find work in my field anyway so you know just make my own space literally i made my own space for me and my husband because my husband's also an art major and we just you know he does hard drawing copies for me or just gives me like an idea and like i'll just i'll be like yes that's perfect 
like I have this cool running idea for future designs that I'm really excited about. And I really want to take my meant to grow character and put her in like hip hop album covers, but like in my art style. So like Tyler, the creators, like where the bloom, where the flower blooms, like that's like my favorite song right now. And I love Uh the artwork and it's like literally the next one I'm going to tackle. I'm just like the best art is like stolen and influenced, right? So, <laughs> Listen, like, I just really want to put the culture in it, you know? I'm like, yes, we're going to do this. We're going to be, you know, like I've just slowly been getting into myself, showing myself, and like, you're just going to really know where I'm at and what I'm feeling with all yeah. my design. This just, and this is actually very exclusive uh, information. So y'all should feel very special because look, I, the, I'm hype about that because obviously it's super on brand for what we do here at Black in the Garden at the intersection of Black culture and horticulture. And you're literally talking about your seed company embodying the imagery of hip hop. So, yeah. uh, you know, you got at least one customer over here. I mean, everybody else, I guess y'all could buy some too, but uh, <laughs> make sure you get my order out first because I need to mm-hmm. see I need to see that. Okay. So (laughs) let's close out with some seed keeping tips. Tell us based on, okay. Tell us a little bit about how you keep your seeds fresh and then tell us your, your top three tips for keeping our seeds the freshest, because what is the point in you haven't done all that work for us to get the seeds and then (laughs) just like leave them randomly in a place that is not good for them. Yeah, so I like to keep my seeds airtight. Um, whether or not they're in an airtight package, um, seed mills packaging is not airtight because um, I try to be environmentally friendly for the masses. Um, so I don't want to send out a billion mylar zip packages, right? Um, although my microgreen packs do come in that, right? Because big quantities of seeds should be kept fresh. Um, but, um, you know, so I, I keep them in airtight containers right? Um, all of my seeds are in airtight, airtight containers. I'm always controlled temped. Like we don't fluctuate in temperatures. In fact, the mm. <laughs> going from Florida to Texas is going to be interesting in the summertime because it's hot. When I first came here, it was cool. So um, it didn't really bother anything. But like, I know that I can't mail my seeds because if I mail this vast quantity of seeds, well, for one, it's going to cost me an arm and a leg because I have a lot of seeds. But, um, you know, the mail isn't air controlled, really. It gets hot, it gets cold. There's outside facilities, indoor facilities. It's just all over the place. Um, So I can't, I can't risk subjecting my seeds to that. They've already been subjected to that being sent to me. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, so I try to keep my seeds as fresh as possible, airtight in a dark location, air controlled. Um, You know, so nice and cool. I don't keep things in freezers or, you know, in, in refrigerated status. Cause I just don't have the space for that, but like that is long-term goals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Cause you can really extend the life of the seed. Um, if it's in like a colder refrigerated type cave like environment. Let me ask you a quick question along those lines. Cause I remember when it was brought to my attention that there are seed vaults Oh yeah. You know what I'm talking about where they're yeah. they're keeping heirloom seeds and like there's oh, yeah. basically like there's a whole place where it's 
highly protected and, and they're, mm-hmm. they're storing because these they're seeds precious. in case that every, all plant life gets wiped out and we have to start yeah. all over. Again. Like that's yeah. literally a thing. But the seeds are being stored and are you emulating their storage uh, technique? That, that, is, that is honestly, ultimately the goal. <laughs> um, mm. But, you know, you can only do so much without space. Like I don't currently have office space. Um, mm-hmm. That's also goals because apparently I need it now because my company's grown so much. Um, <laughs> so, you know, like with the more that I expand, the more my techniques change. Um, they just, they just change. They just do. Cause before I was a subscription box. So like I had a set of seeds that would go out for that month. And then I didn't hold those seeds anymore. Now I'm required to hold seeds. Um, mm. and they sell out so quickly that I just, I don't really hold seeds anyway. Um, <laughs> but mm. you know, um, so basically that's just it, you know, airtight in a dark place. You don't want too much sun exposure. If they get wet, they're going to grow you know, makes Oops. sense, right? Um, That's happened to me. <laughs> yeah, so they, they definitely will grow. You want to mm-hmm. make sure that they're not in a mold conducive environment. When you save your seeds, you want to make sure there's no pulp on them and that it's like completely dried out or else when you store them in your bag, in your little baggies or whatever, they, they'll mow. This has happened to me before. I thought I aired out, I thought I dried out some pumpkin seeds, Geraldo pumpkins to be oh. specific. I thought I, I stored them well enough, you know, like I dried them out. So then when I put them in storage and then I take them out, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to fill some Gerardo pumpkin packets. Wrong. They were all molded. I was oh. so upset. Oh my gosh. I was so mad. Like literally hundreds of pumpkin seeds gone. How did you cuss though when you discovered that? Was it in like Yankee English or was no, it in like... It was definitely exclusion. I was so upset. I was like, yo, mother scut. <laughs> Take us us to that moment. I'm sorry that that happened. Of course, you learned a lesson. I did. I did. And that's why I, yes, I'm a seed company, but I'm going to tell you how to save your seeds under my grow guides. Like it's under the harvesting, under the harvesting part. I do tell you how to save your seed for that specific thing, you know, and maybe how long you can save it. Like lettuce seeds only keep for a year, really. In the best conditions, two to three, but in regular people conditions, a year, you know. Um, Okay. Thank you for calling regular. I mean, but like, seriously, we're not big industrial companies, so we're regular, you know, like, regular. (laughs) um, You know, in regular conditions, a year. Okay. I'm Um, just stuck on the regular part of it i'm like okay it's no shade we just regular <laughs> we just, we just regular now we're not big corporations with all the funny refri- all the fancy refrigeration processes you know like we and can't the air drying and the you know temperature control no we don't have exactly. we no don't. we don't have none of that like when i dry my seeds like my counters you should see my house i have like literally just like plates of things with like little sharpie marker telling you what it is so if my cat decides he wants to mess shit up i'm just done but you know (laughs) but he's he's really good about it he when he sees like he's on the counter he just doesn't bother them he's so sweet okay so (laughs) but you know um you know like i just have like these like plates of like seeds just drying out in the open for weeks on an end like weeks literal weeks sometimes i'll leave them out for two months just to make sure because of my ptsd with the pumpkins and (laughs) Ah, (laughs) um, you know 
just making sure they completely dry out. Like when it comes to tomato seeds, I ferment them, which um, I'm aware that most people might not know what that means. Um, to ferment tomatoes, you push the gel plus seeds out. Try not to get too much tomato flesh, but the gel is fine, right? Okay. Um, you put that in a like a plastic cup, regular cup, whatever, right? And make sure you know what variety it is and you put some water in it like I usually like if I'm using an eight ounce plastic cup um I fill it up to like that little line that little white line that they usually have in there you know it's not like all the way to the top but it's close and then like I'll put like a paper towel and like a rubber band on top of it so it can still breathe um breathe you know so it's in this the water is decomposing the gel that's around it and um you know it makes like this little mold at the top you scrape it off and you strain out your seeds and you just have plain seeds no gel and it increases your tomato germination rates fun fact um that was fun <laughs> so <laughs> I, I for any tomato seed that comes directly from my garden which there's also a tab that lets you know anything that comes it's called mint to grow's garden like that comes straight from my garden i grew that i saved it um, just know that like my tomato seeds went through that process <laughs> and it can be a little stinky. I upset my mom, but it's fine. Like, <laughs> no, we got real scientific. I love these. These are some of my favorite moments on black in the garden is when, and that's why I'd be talking to, to the people that are very, very much like not just professionals, but very passionate about what they do because and here's a hack just into the, some insight as to how I, you know, select guests and things of that nature and make the show what it, what it is, is I select people who get super hyped and excited about what they're talking about, because that's really the best kind of conversation to have. That's when you're like, it just, does that make sense? You get what I'm saying, right? Yes, you feel I, like, I agree. You want people that's completely passionate about something. I right. mean, that's who I enjoy talking to the most too. And I find somebody with such a specific passion. I uh, just like, yeah, tell me all about this random thing that you know. Tell me. About. I could know nothing about it. I remember going into the wine shop. I'm not going to tell you the name. It's, it's a it's a popular brand, but you know, we're we going to save that for another time. Anyway, there was this connoisseur. I thought he was just like, you know, working, like asking me like how, wh what kind of beer I was looking for or whatever. But as the more I talked to him, the more his knowledge of beer came out. And it turns out he was just like super passionate, super knowledgeable. And I stood up there for at least 20 minutes, just like, yo, but what about this kind of beer? What yeah. about that over there? Yo, you should have a podcast. You know what I mean? We had a great time because he just knew what he was talking about. And that's exactly what just happened here. So let me just rewind a little bit to make sure we got our seed keeping tips uh, intact. So you would say your the main three things is keep it in a dark place, keep it in a dry place, and try to keep it cool if possible. Make sure we keep it away from cool sun. Airtight. Yeah. Airtight. Okay. Yeah. So when I said dry, airtight is mm -hmm. the interpretation there. Yeah. Boom. Like think vault, vault your seeds, you know, like I have, I have literal containers cause you know, hurricanes, right? It's Florida. Ooh. So everything of mine is in watertight containers because mm. you never know. You never know. You just don't. Yeah. I come from the islands. We're in a blink of an eye. Everything you have is ruined. 
Um, so I keep that in mind because my seed stock is expensive. I can't just afford to just rebuy everything, you know? Nah. Um, so I, my seeds are very precious to me. Like they're literally the most valuable thing I own because I mean, hello, Aww. they can feed me. Like in a pandemic sense, I have literally all the seeds I ever need to eat. <laughs> that is you know? so <laughs> yeah. yeah, if so, we find if if we find ourselves in a post-apocalyptic situation, we're gonna go and pull up on Stephanie because she gonna oh, have I and we I'm all go and I use a friendly, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, probably not actually. Delete that. Y'all don't do that. Uh she, <laughs> she don't like having a bunch of strangers run up on her. But oh my god, Ooh. Stephanie, this has been amazing as per usual uh season two i'm so excited that here you are helping us close it out so um i'm hesitant to be like hey y'all go to the website because i understand ain't nothing on it ain't nothing on it however i am doing a restock when are you hearing this this will be july do do you know end of july no it's fine it's it's the end of july like the last week in july um, you know, cause I, I am restocking, but I think, are you restocking before July 22nd? Yes. July 20th is when I plan to have it up. Um, okay. well, July, 18th, July 18th, but, um, um, you know, just fun fact, but, um, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to do a pre-order system, um, to kind of gauge my demand. Okay. <laughs> um, cause I have no clue. I've grown so much. I can't even gauge it because there's so many people I get so many angry emails about people not being able to get their seeds yes I get angry emails angry emails angry comments angry everything just yeah um, that's the part of the as well you know it, it, it's so bad the in, entitlement of it all um it's I'm a small company and people have to keep that in mind I can't meet demands the way that Baker's Creek would you know I'm yeah. just not big um and I don't plan to be I don't ever plan to be that big where you know I have warehouses and machines filling my seeds it takes all the love out of it I refuse it I just refuse um wait can we just pause right there for a second I know we're wrapping up but yo that is so very important because I mentioned your uh customer responses for a specific reason and I want to tie that together the, mm-hmm. the love that you have described that you put into uh, your seeds and packaging them and uh, being fiercely committed to quality, that love is then put in this cute mailer and it goes to somebody's house and they are that much more thrilled to receive it because they feel that. That is energetic. You can't tell yeah. me no different. So you are, that is what you are striving to protect in saying, you know what? I'm not interested in scaling up to a, any position where the quality of my seeds is going to be compromised. Ain't no machines filling my packages, period. Nope. Period. Period. That's it. So, That's how, it. so besides, okay, just go ahead and, and plug your website and, and we, and we can get you to the website listeners. We can get you to the website so that, you can get yourself on the mailing list and so that you can stay current about when the restock happens so let's just focus on that so the website is seedmailseed.co 
um, simple. That's I like <laughs> it. Seedmailseed.co. Um, mm-hmm. The Instagram is seedmailseedco. Um, my personal Instagram is meant to grow on both Instagram platforms plus my mailing list. I will update you and let you know about everything. Um, people on my Patreon, they get updated first. Um, that's, you know, cause they're paying for it. Right. So, um, they, they do get updated first. Um, I do have it set up so that if you're in a certain tier, you get these seeds without even having to wait in line or even, you know, purchase them. They're just already ready for you and they get sent mm. out when I send out seeds. Um, you know, that's how I've been meeting some demand, um, you know, so that, yeah. But yeah, so if you're interested in that too, you know, my Patreon is meant to grow. Simple, right? Um, <laughs> I'm simple all the way around. I'm consistent, always. Consistency is key. It's We love it. Know, my motto. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, just sign up for the mailing list. And as soon as I have a restock happening, you'll know. You might not catch the first one, but you'll probably catch the next one. That seems to be the, the trend. People that miss this, the, the one they come in on, they're like, I'm not missing the second one. <laughs> So, you know, that really, that, that just drives them that much harder. They're going to set that reminder on their phone. Like she said, 3 PM on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be next to this computer with my, (laughs) my credentials prepared so that I can get in on this. So, wow, that that's, listen, you'll scale up on your own terms. And I just want to mention one thing uh, before I wish you love, light and soil about what you just said about, wait a minute, my brain almost farted on me. You said <laughs> that, wait, what did you say? Um, about what? About, shoot, I hate it when this happens because I was like right there. And sometimes, I, most of the time I can get the thought all the way out. Your Patreon, I'm sorry. So oh, your okay. Patreon, my bad, y'all. This is literally like real time. This is how my brain works. It's amazing <laughs> that I can put as many words together without pausing as I can. Your Patreon it, it offers your uh, people who are interested in, in getting kind of more of a VIP treatment. It's not just for the sake of, okay, only you people get this because you paid. What is happening with you being a small business is getting that additional support from your Patreon allows you to scale up in a way that makes it easier for you to yeah. serve more customers and sell out perhaps not as quickly, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I thought that was worth mentioning that the Patreon Maybe, yeah. is relevant for that purpose. It, it is very relevant. You know, like I said, I keep costs down. Um, my business it isn't a high profit business because I am over here. Really, my passion is accessibility and making sure that everybody can grow their own food. So yeah. within that, I don't charge $5 for a seed packet. I charge 99 cents. So my profit margins are lower. Hence why shipping costs are so high because I can't, I can't shelter the weight of shipping. I can't shelter the weight of my packaging costs, right? Mm. Um, so you're paying for that within the shipping and scaling is a little difficult when, you know, you can only make so much doing, you know, with the 99 cents. And I, I really don't like moving outside of the 99 cents unless there's been like some varieties that were requested and I can't offer them at 99 cents. Then I do, you know, I, I price them accordingly. Um, to what makes sense and how I can offer that variety on the site, like tomatillos, for instance, that's offered at one ninety nine because they were just an expensive seed to get a hold of organically. 
Um, so, you know, the Patreon really helps with that additional support because I don't really get paid for my time. Um, That's true. Or my creativity, my designs or anything. The Patreon helps me with that, you know. And, you know, as a Patreon, like, you don't just get seeds. You get, like, some recipes. You get exclusive wallpapers and, like, some designs. Like, you, you know, you just, you get certain things that other people don't normally get because, well, one, you, you're helping me, you're supporting me to grow mm-hmm. further my agenda of seed mail. <laughs> and, yeah. um, you know, you just, you're really just supporting the creator at that point. So yeah, it's a little Aww. more expensive, but you know, you're supporting the creator and you're showering me with your love and I appreciate it. Yes, you deserve all the love showers. So (laughs) (laughs) I hope that you felt, you know, the shower on today because there is all the love here. And of course, most people listening are probably familiar with you, especially considering that you're not a new guest. You're not new. You've been here before. (laughs) So Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us again and for being the incredible lit dope ass seed slayer that you is and i am going to wish you love light and soil awesome thank you have a great day hey we're done done. (laughs) yes seed slayer and cola be talking that was a fun conversation uh fun fact We actually uh, recorded for about, I don't know, maybe a good 10 minutes. We had a great kiki. Um, Well, we we were supposed to record, but that's just the thing. Did not hit record when we first did that interview initially. So I had to just calmly let her know, hey, my bad, my bad. Let's just let's just start over. And I appreciate her so much for being the homie. So that made it a lot easier and we scheduled it so that we would have time for that. So fun fact, uh, there is a portion of that interview that no one will ever hear. But as far as what you did here, I am glad that you got to participate in that. And like I said, I cannot appreciate your ears enough. Y'all are dope, y'all soil cousins. Listen, we even got a really cool special name for us. Like we're, it's official, like we, we legit go together. And so thank you so much for supporting Black in the Garden. Season two has been quite a roller coaster. Even this last episode, a little bit tardy, but not if you consider that everything happened at the time that it's supposed to happen anyway. So in that sense, what's tardy actually? Eh, so there. So yeah, it is right on time. And you know, this is evergreen content. Meaning that, you know, this is content that we always have access to and it is here in the archives as the finale of season two of Black in the Garden. You can tell I'm excited about the fact that that's happened, right? You know, I know you're excited as well and I ain't gonna hold you that much longer. Everything that you need is in the show notes. Check that for ways that you can support Black in the Garden. Check that for ways that you can keep up with Black in the Garden. Check all the notes and all the shows for ways that you can keep up with all the guests. Of course, our most current guest, you can find out how to support her and how to keep up with her. Stephanie, the seed slayer of Seed Mail Seed Co. All right. And I'm Cola B. Talking, your hostess with the mostest. Cannot wait to keep you posted 
uh, next month, August, it's evergreen, like I said. So don't pay too much attention to this if you're listening from the future. But season three is going to be, it's going to be lit. Just take my word for it. You're going to love it. So we will talk then. In the meanwhile, you know how to find me. Just look in the show notes. Y'all, love, light, and soil. And have a fantastic summer. Stay safe.